Welcome to the Center in the City podcast. I'm your host, Wade Brill, and during this series, I'll be interviewing various thought leaders, wellness experts, and humans on how they practice sustainable self-care and mindfulness. We'll get real and raw, talk about the light and the shadow side of self-care and mindfulness, and how we can actually stay centered amid the chaos and the hustle and bustle of our modern day world. So settle in and get centered. This podcast episode is brought to you by Centered in the City, a virtual on-demand self-care and mindfulness platform with different meditations, journaling prompts, nourishing recipes, and Pilates flows, all designed to support you feeling calm, focused, and energized as you live your life in this modern day world. For more information, head on over to centeredinthecity.com and claim your seven-day free trial. Welcome back to the Centered in the City podcast. My name is Wade Brill, and I am so glad you are here. On today's soul episode, I want to share with you a lifestyle practice that I've been doing for the last four or five years that has really supported my mental health and it's supported my soul health and it just makes me a happier person. I've heard from a lot of people in my community that this is something that they're interested in learning more about. So I thought, hey, why not share it on a podcast episode? What we're going to talk about is how to create a workcation. Yes, you heard that right, workcation. It's where work and vacation meet in a beautiful place in the world that is inspiring and supports you feeling alive and also connected to your work. In today's episode, we're going to break down how to create a workcation that actually can fit into a budget, a doable budget, some ways to stay centered when you're on this workcation, and I'll share with you my own personal experiences. So let's settle into this episode and let's get centered. I love to travel. I've always loved to travel. I was very lucky growing up that traveling was something my family did at least once a year to a foreign country. A fun fact, my dad, when we were younger, somewhere middle school, high school age, would plan a trip for us and not tell us where we were going and would just say, pack for fall weather, pack for spring weather. And we would take these adventure trips and have no idea where we were going. So we went to places like Morocco and Machu Picchu. My parents being divorced, When we spent time with our mother on vacations, we were typically traveling to more beach destinations. Traveling has just always been a part of my life and a rhythm that I've been really grateful and blessed to experience. And when I was finally ready to start to travel on my own and studying abroad in college when I went to Buenos Aires, Argentina, It's where I gained confidence to go to Bolivia with friends or go to Uruguay. And I started to learn how to travel on my own, how to travel on a budget, what a hostel was like, how to think about food because I didn't have my parents there planning it. 
paying attention to what type of activities do I like to do while I'm traveling? Is it a lot of museums? Is it snorkeling? Is it just walking around, sitting in cafes? There's so many ways and forms of travel. For instance, I have certain friends who can't stand planning beach vacations. To sit on a beach for more than one day drives them crazy. So they like to go to cities and see museums and explore and walk around. Personally, I find visiting cities to be quite exhausting. It doesn't feel like a vacation to me. It feels more like an amazing adventure, but it's not really a vacation in my mind. My ideal vacation is like sitting on a beach in a beautiful hotel, being able to read and just eat and swim and walk on a beach and work out and do everything that I love. As you probably know from listening to my podcast and being in my community, I'm not the type of person that wants to wait for life, that wants to wait for the things that I care about doing. And running my own company, there's a benefit where I get to be a little bit more flexible with my time and how I use it than somebody who might work for a corporate company. However, what I love seeing is that a lot of companies are adopting this idea of unlimited vacation or even working remote flexibility because people are craving this ability to travel, to have flexibility with their time, and also be able to do the work that they care about. Planning a workcation is an opportunity to marry these two aspects, to marry our work, something that we hopefully care about and that brings us joy or we recognize brings us stability in our life, right? There's some purpose and intention to why we are connected to this work. And vacation, and when I say vacation, I'm really just saying like travel, this ability to be in a place that lights us up. I think there's this cultural stigma still that it's either extremely indulgent or it's not... Um, really feasible or we go into this either or mindset like we either need to be working or we're on vacation it becomes very black and white versus this concept of both and where we can be working and be on vacation I just want to pause here and create an asterisk because this workation setup is really for somebody who's single or in a couplehood or is going with some friends I haven't yet discovered not being a mom or parent myself yet how one would do this while having kids so maybe that will be a future episode down the line I hope to be able to crack the code so if you're listening to this and you're a parent and you're like hell no could I do this with my kids I want you to know I see you and if you're also listening to this episode and you have kids and you still do a workation of your own accord reach out to me. I'd love to hear your secrets so I can share those with others. Workations are really important to me because I get a lot of creative influence and energy from traveling and I know that fills up my cup. That helps me then have more 
energy and enthusiasm to be present for my clients, whether they're my one-on-one clients, whether they're my community members and center in the city, whether they're my corporate clients and I'm facilitating workshops. 90% of my work I can do remotely from anywhere in the world, but there's still about 10% that I can't, that I can only do in the U.S. that I'm contracted for where there's security reasons to work remotely and abroad. And so that's something that I have to factor into in planning my trips and thinking about how I want to be spending my time. So the first step here is to think about how to organize your trip from a few different angles. The first angle I want to offer is to think about what time of year you want to be traveling and designating space for this workation. Is it one week? Is it two weeks? Is it a whole month? Can you pull off three months? To get clear on what time frame you're able and wanting to create this workation around. Then I think about what time of year. For me, my ideal time of year to do a workation is like January through March because I want to be somewhere sunny and out of the Seattle winter as much as possible. If you're somebody in Arizona, maybe you want to be gone June through August and this workation setup is an angle that would be supportive for you then. Maybe you're not attached to what time of year, but you think about, oh, I have this wedding that's in Italy in May and I want to take advantage of being in Europe so I'm going to schedule my workation around that trip. Or maybe you have the interest and capacity to plan multiple workations a year. So now that you have your time frame and your time of year, I welcome you to block off your calendar. Start to mentally and even physically like note those dates and create a boundary around them. If you don't, I promise you it's going to get gobbled by something else. And sometimes that's okay, but sometimes that also feels like, ugh, but I took that desired time away from myself. So even just noting it mentally and physically can really support you having clarity around your decision so that if an invitation comes up and you were planning to be gone, you already have some clarity if you want to say yes or no to it. Now that you have your time allotment, your time of year, it's now a great opportunity to think about the place that you want to be workationing in. So maybe it is Italy because that's where the wedding is or maybe it's somewhere warm south of the hemisphere because you want to escape winter. Narrow it down to a few options. When you think about your options, ask yourself, do I want to be in a city? Do I want to be somewhere that's walkable? Am I interested in being more around nature and beach, mountains? Do I want more of a cabin vibe? Do I want to be able to swim or hike or maybe take a type of dance that's only really offered in Latin America or an art class that would be really fun and stimulating. Or maybe you want to be near community and you want to be in a city or a place where you have some friends and community already. And once you have a sense of where you want to go and how long you want to be gone for, 
I recommend checking in with your company to just notice if there's any flags, like maybe you're not allowed to travel and work remotely from a certain state or from a certain country. I know there are certain companies out there that have those regulations for tax purposes or security purposes. So those insights might also influence what you're allowed to do. Again, I know a lot of tech companies, for instance, have become a little bit more lenient on letting their employees be out of the country for, I think, maximum three months. So that is an opportunity that gives people a lot of flexibility. Maybe you're able to work remote, but you have your own Wi-Fi server or security protector, and that's enough and that solves any potential issue. Now when we're workationing abroad, I think it's best to find a home and a space where you have your own kitchen, you have a workspace or a good enough workspace that you're not necessarily sitting at a hotel. I think hotels might work for you, cool if they do. For me, they feel too cramped, there's not enough space, there's not a kitchen. I don't really feel like I can get into my work-life routine if I am in a hotel room. For me, hotels are like strictly vacation mindset. So this offers the opportunity to check out Airbnb, VRBO, and if you haven't heard me sing their praise yet, Kindred is an amazing home swapping service. I think everybody knows about Airbnb and VRBO, how they work, so I won't talk about them in too much detail. But let me talk about Kindred for a moment. I became a founding member of Kindred a few years ago thanks to my friend Lilia. Shout out Lilia if you're listening for connecting me. We both share this passion of living an international life to the best of our ability. So Kindred is like the movie The Holiday where it is a home swap and they create a really amazing service of not only putting a marketplace to exchange homes where you can pay for homes with points and you earn points for hosting as well as you can do simultaneous swaps with people who are interested in swapping to your home at the same time as you swap to their home and all you have to do is pay a cleaning fee and that cleaning fee cleans your home before the guest arrives as well as cleans your home before you arrive back home So the same happens at the apartment that you're going to. Your place is cleaned before you arrive and then it's cleaned after you leave. Now, a few of the amazing things about this is if you get accepted to have your home on the platform, they send you a whole care package to be a host. And this includes new pillowcases, new sheets, new comforter cover, new towels, new bath mat, a new sponge, stickers to put up in your space to claim like this is a private closet, please don't enter, or hey, use use this, or games are in here, feel free to use. All these amazing materials that become your hosting materials. And when you aren't hosting, those materials get put away and your own bedspread and sheets and towels get to be out. Now to be very transparent, I have only hosted once and I have been a guest twice. I've had great experiences all three times. 
not only are the houses really cool, but it's really loving to be in somebody's home. It's kind of the way Airbnb used to be way back in the day. And now most Airbnbs, the successful ones, have become really sterile. Most people are using their rental properties for Airbnbs to make additional income, which is great. Do you? As a guest, I've actually really enjoyed staying in people's apartments because I feel the warmth, I feel the familiarity, and it makes travel so much more affordable. So for instance, when I was in Spain for a week and when I was in Amsterdam for 10 days, both stays cost about $300. If I was to book that on an Airbnb, it would be well over $1,000. And one of the really cool things about Kindred is that everybody who's on the platform also has a home on the platform. So there's this understanding of mutual respect and community that is innately threaded into all of the interactions. Not to mention that every member is given a concierge person that they can text with and connect with if they have a problem or a question or wanna learn more about a property. If you are interested in learning more about Kindred, I will share the link in my show notes as well as a code to get, I believe it's two or three free nights. Within the last year, Kindred has created international options and I have loved it and it's inspired me to keep traveling because all we really need to pay for are our plane tickets. If you're somebody that has an animal or needs to travel with an animal, I believe some of the houses specify if animals are allowed or not, so that's even something that you can look into. If opening up your home to strangers is not your thing, then of course there's Airbnb, VRBO, or there's even reaching out to your community of friends or family members to ask if they're open to hosting you or doing your own internal swap. When I'm looking for really specific dates or I don't see anything on a kindred, of course I'll go to Airbnb and it can sometimes take me a really long time to find the right spot, the right price, the right amenities. And most places aren't going to have everything you want, like walkability, Wi-Fi, ocean views. So that's where it can be really helpful to have your top priorities and your vision in mind before you even start to look at Airbnb so that it can help you narrow down what you're actually looking for. So this first step about setting up your time, the time of year, the place, booking, That's how to all set it up to create a system around your workation. Now let's get to the fun part of arriving. So now that you are in your workation space, this is where the gift of rituals, in my opinion, pays off immensely. When you already have rituals established in your life, they are these practices that can carry with you wherever you go that support you being present and connected to where you are, who you are, and what you're doing. Having my morning ritual practice and being able to take that easily with me in my work vacation helps me arrive and also helps me find some normalcy. So for instance, I was just in Mexico and I would wake up around the same time, around 6, 6.30, go look at the sunrise, do some writing, 
and then start my work day after that was complete. Maintaining that consistency helped me feel more grounded because other things were in a different rhythm. For instance, for part of the workation, we were staying with friends and I was going out to dinner and I was staying up later. Having this consistent me time and this ritual was something that just kept me coming back to myself, helped me feel more centered amid the chaos of what can be travel. I of course would fit in Pilates as well because movement, I don't have some form of daily intentional movement. I am just all sorts of crazy and having my videos and practices on Centered in the City are always helpful resources that support me coming back to myself. One of the great benefits is I have videos all different times, different body parts, and so I get to really tune in to think about, okay, what do I need right now? Do I want to do something for just 20 minutes? Can I can I fit in anything longer? And when I travel, I usually bring with me my Bala ankle weights as well as a band, and that supports me keeping movement fun and interesting and helps me feel strong. Another reason that I love staying at a home is for the intention to cook. Cooking for me is a huge ritual. It's an opportunity to nourish myself, be creative, wind down from the day, especially cooking dinner. And I have so much fun finding and going to local grocery stores and using ingredients that are local and not getting so attached to having my fully stocked kitchen at home. So for instance, my husband and I we were just in Mexico and we were staying at this Airbnb for 10 days that was pretty remote. So we did all of this bulk shopping before we arrived to the house and we made all of our meals except for two for those 10 days. And let me tell you, we ate a lot of black beans and tacos and it was delicious and we did not get sick of them. So for you in your work, whatever you do, if going to coffee shops or walking or whatever it might be is part of your ritual that supports you doing the work that you love to do, then I'd really take that into consideration of the place and the space that you are traveling to. This ritual can go with you and it can easily be integrated into your rhythm. So pausing here, and if you were to imagine yourself going on a workcation, what rituals would you want to bring with you that would be really important that support you staying grounded and connected. This third aspect to think about is communicating your boundaries while you're on this workation. And I mean this in a few ways, your boundaries to anybody you're traveling with, as well as any boundaries or insights that you need to share with coworkers or manager. So for instance, when my husband and I plan these workations, we coordinate or try to coordinate hey, what days do you want to take off? What days do we want to fill up? That helps us both try to schedule as much as we can on the same rhythm. Also letting each other know, hey, I'm working the whole day or hey, I have a call this time, this time, helps the other person know when to respect them, when to give them some privacy, how you can support them, or even maybe it gives you complete freedom to say, great, like I'm going to go do my own thing now. In a work situation, it is still really important to maintain your 
regular hours of operation to the best of your ability. Unless your manager or director says elsewise, but having that consistency of work is part of the intention of the workcation. You are still very much working. When I got back from this recent trip to Mexico, people were like, how was your vacation? And I was like, oh, it wasn't a vacation. I was working the whole time. I actually took only one full day off. Now, sometimes Wi-Fi is not the most reliable and that brings up a few issues. Like one, it is a reminder that technology is not perfect either, so we shouldn't be putting that pressure on ourselves. And two, that also can create some anxiety because sometimes we have really important calls while we're on our workation that we can't miss or if it's choppy while we're giving a presentation, that's not the best scenario we want to be creating on a workcation. So a few ways that I've navigated this in my past is one, when I'm looking for places to stay, whether it's an Airbnb or a Kindred, is to contact the host and ask about the Wi-Fi. Now at our recent stay, they said the Wi-Fi was good enough for people to be on Zoom calls and that wasn't the case. So in those kind of oh shit moments, there's a few things of how I've been trying to navigate them. One, depending on who you have these calls with, you can give them a heads up that you have to be on video or need to give them a call or figure out a different mode of communication. Maybe there's some communication that needs to be had with the people you're traveling with, like, hey, can I have the Wi-Fi right now if it's not important for other people to also be on calls maybe you can kind of gather that bandwidth and navigate it or if it's something really important that you need to be on video for and need to mitigate as many potential mishaps as possible maybe you find a local place that is a co-working space that has really strong wi-fi or even a hotel i haven't yet tried this but it's always been on my mind of getting some sort of portable Wi-Fi adapter through Verizon or, or something satellite connected that I can travel with to always have an extra backup. If you are listening and you already do something along those lines, let me know what you use. Let us know what works for you. Last but not least, this fourth aspect is to make sure that you at least take one vacation day while you are traveling, if not two or three. Workcations are a great way to travel, to see the world, to experience something new, to shift our energy, to just explore in a way that's more sustainable, right? You don't have to have unlimited vacation days to do a workcation. You can still make money while traveling. If you power through a workcation without taking any vacation, then you're probably contributing to a cycle of burnout. Make sure to take at least one day to get to know your surroundings. That's not a weekend where you get to do something you want to really do and prioritize that museum or go snorkeling or scuba diving. One of the huge benefits of a workation is you can still do some of the things that you love to do that you can't do from home. For me, it might be going for a swim I don't have a pool accessible so taking a swim in the middle of the day is really special or even just walking outside to feel the sun on my face and the warmer weather 
that feels like enough sometimes. And I do look back on this last workation and I think, huh, I wish I took off one more day so that I could explore this town a little bit more. I didn't really get to see it besides the evening or I didn't get to see it during the week. So make sure to take that vacation while you are on your workation so that it actually can be vacation time as well. Once you try this workation setup, let me know how it goes. How do you feel? How are you able to manage your time, your energy? What did you even notice about your productivity? How were you able to sleep? How did it support your mental health? What would you do differently next time? This workation is always evolving and a process. And these four areas that I've I've shared today of setting it up, of creating rituals, setting boundaries, taking vacation. These are all certain pillars that have really helped me create a smoother transition between my work life at home and my work life while somewhere else. I hope you got a lot out of this episode and if nothing else, I hope it just even broadened your mindset of what's possible. May it support us all continuing to think of life in multiple dimensions, that we don't have to live life in these boxes and structures that society has created for us. Being centered in our city is about listening inwards so that we can live more intentionally outwards. It's about finding our own center. It's about living from our own center, our place of authenticity and choice. For me, creating workations multiple times a year is a way to live life to the fullest. It's to prioritize travel. It's to prioritize the work that lights me up and not feel like I have to wait to do the things that I love and that matter most to me. I've had plenty of conversations with friends, with even clients around their relationship to vacation. Do we plan trips to have something to look forward to? Do we plan them as escapes? Do we plan them for a restoration, for inspiration? It's really helpful to pause and think about our intentions for planning trips. I've honestly asked myself, I love planning trips and asking, huh, like, am I doing this because I'm trying to not be where I am? And the answer is no. You know, I, it's really this value of adventure that I never thought was a huge value of mine until I embraced it, until I started to own, oh yeah, adventures, creating local adventures, whether that's a I'm going to go explore a new neighborhood or a new coffee shop or I'm going to travel to a new country. Those are all really important ways to express my value of adventure. And workations offer this ability to make adventures be a little bit more accessible and on a bigger and different scale. So as we wind this podcast episode down, I welcome you to just let everything that was shared today simmer, be some food for thought. And let me know what resonates. Resources that I mentioned today will be linked in the show notes. So make sure to check them out. As well as let me know what resonates. Let me know what questions come up for you or even what your strategies are. Again, I'd love to keep sharing these resources and let this continue to grow and evolve. 
Thank you, as always, for being here. And until next time, stay centered.